<laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Total Bases Express show hosted by Baseball Life. I am your host, Austin Spiro. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. And yes, I say us. I have a guest with us today live in the Baseball Life Facebook group, the best baseball Facebook group, the best fa- the best Facebook group around, I think. Uh, um, he is a very active member. I always enjoy. He, you put in a lot of a lot of engaging posts and polls and all kinds of stuff. Uh, Kevin Miller is here with us. Kevin, nice to see you. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Glad to be here. Uh, I, I love talking baseball, so I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's no problem, man. It's no problem. Uh, I, I always love the discussions that you have. And uh, you're a Braves fan, am I correct? You are correct. So I'm uh, I'm living the good life right now, at least for the, the next month or so. We'll see. Hopefully that'll continue for me. I was going to say your team's stealing the stealing the league uh, league or the division title there from uh, from the Mets. They only they were, the Braves were only in first place for eight total days. <laughs> yep. And several of those were ties with the Mets. Yeah, that's that's just that's insane. That's crazy. Um, I couldn't believe it. So, um, yeah. How do you think they're going to do in the playoffs? I, I honestly think that it's going to be really similar to the last two postseasons where the Braves and the Dodgers just show themselves to be the best teams in the NL. Mm-hmm. I think obviously the Mets are good enough and the Cardinals even as well are good enough to, to compete and potentially, you know, throw a monkey wrench in things. But I'd be very surprised to not see a Braves Dodgers uh, NLCS in which I think, and this is obviously me being a little bit of a homer, I think the Braves pitching will be able to, uh, will be able to be better in a seven game series than, than the Dodgers. As long as Spencer Strider uh, and Max Freed are, are healthy. Um, Strider pulled his oblique a couple weeks ago and Max Freed was sick. So if they're, if they're back, I, I like the Braves to make it to the World Series again. Yeah, it, I mean, be nice to see back-to-back champions. We ain't seen back-to-back champions in a while, so uh, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see. They've uh, they've done really well down the street down the stretch, and uh, they've looked better than the Mets as of late. Obviously, since they swept the the Mets, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, um, let's get into our discussion today. So um, we were supposed to have this last uh, last week, but of course, all of the crazy weather back east. And uh, how, how are you doing over there, by the way? We're, we're doing all right, man. We, we were, we're blessed. We're lucky. Um, so many others, um, had a lot more, uh, damage. Even some people lost their lives. So we definitely want to, you know, keep the, keep those people, especially in Southwest Florida and our thoughts, but, um, for our house, our house, we were lucky. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, man. Good news. Um, yeah, we're definitely keeping everybody there in Southwest Florida in our, uh, in our thoughts and, um, yeah, hope. I mean, there's some baseball life members here that were that were greatly affected. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're definitely um, we're praying and we're uh, hoping for a speedy recovery for everybody down there. For sure. Um, so, you know, and if they're in here, hopefully we can spread some cheer by talking some baseball. Uh, take your mind off of it for the next twenty or thirty minutes, and uh, let's get into it. So, the last episode I talked about the Triple Crown winners and their fantasy value. Today, we're going to talk about Triple Crown winners as well um, in light of Aaron Judge just missing the Triple Crown this year and Paul Goldschmidt faltering at the end of the year and also not getting the Triple Crown. Uh, we're going to talk about the people that have gotten a Triple Crown, um, the 17 uh, or, you know, there are 17 Triple Crown winners and uh, not all of them have won the MVP. And there's been a deba- there's been a debated there's been a big heated debate on who should win the MVP, Aaron Judge 
or Shohei Otani. And a lot of people are saying, well, Aaron Judge flirted with a triple crown for a long time and has had a very historic season, hitting 62 homers during the season. So he should win MVP. And then on the other side, you have Shohei Otani, who's qualified for both. Uh, both uh, the ERA title and the batting title uh, and his top 10 in a number of those categories. So it's a very heated debate right now. So I decided that let's, you know, let's bring Kevin on and we'll talk about, uh, cause he likes baseball history as well. And we're going to talk about the triple crowns and different MVP winners. And we'll talk about some of them should have won others or others that or want some that lost should have won others that won should have lost, or maybe we'll say that they rightfully won or they rightfully lost. Who knows? We're going to talk about it right now. Um, I really think that there's a number of them, and I think Kevin will agree with me that a number of them, uh, most of them, I think anyway, they the, the Triple Crown winners, they were the MVP and they were the rightful MVP. Would you say so? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a really impressive statistical feat to win a Triple Crown. And it's by definition, it's whoever leads the league in some of the most important categories. So, I mean, it's usually going to play out that way, at least you would think. Right. Uh, and for those of you listeners or viewers on YouTube that maybe don't understand what the Triple Crown really is, um, the Triple Crown is basically you led the league in batting average, home runs, and RBIs. And like I said earlier in the in the episode here, uh, 17 people, only 17 people in the entire history of the major leagues have won the Triple Crown, um, dating all the way back to the 1800s. So that's a lot of baseball players and only 17 of them have have uh, accomplished this feat so you're right it is a very it's a very rare and very esteemed accomplishment to have um so we're going to talk about and some of them didn't even win the mvp which i thought was really interesting so i don't know if you did this in your research but i did i looked back and saw when was the first time that it was that the mvp was actually awarded by baseball and uh mlb first awarded their mvp in 1931 now, there were some players that hit a triple crown earlier, but I did not take those players into consideration during this research because the, the award officially was not handed out before then. Is that what kind of what you did in your research? Yeah, the only the only MVPs that were were before were unofficial and were done. Sometimes it was individual leagues, sometimes all together. 1931 is kind of the point where it there's a coherent MVP, so to speak, one yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So that's a good, that's a good place to, to start. I kind of did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a really good place to start. I mean, it's 17. I don't think it would have really taken a whole lot more time for us to do those uh, certain five, but yeah, the MVP was very inconsistent then. So it's nice to have a same, the same, you know, consistent type of award, um, you know, when comparing some of these players. So um, let's get, let's get to it. Um, I guess, you want to go in chronological order from earliest to latest, I guess. Sure. Okay. So we have a few, we have a few in place. Um, let's talk about 1933. So in mm-hmm. 1933, uh, we have uh, a number of people up for the award, but in this, in this year, um, Chuck Klein of the Philadelphia Phillies, not the Philadelphia athletics. Cause there were two Philadelphia teams that messed me up for a while. Uh, there were two Philadelphia teams in 1933, Chuck Klein of the Philadelphia Phillies lost the MV- the NL MVP voting to Carl Hubble of the New York giants, despite leading the league in batting average home runs and RBIs for the triple crown. He also led in hits OBP slugging, and OPS, according to baseball reference. Now, he lost to Carl Hubble, who was a pitcher for the New York Giants. 
uh, Carl Hubble was 23 and 12. Yes, that's 23 and 12 for those of you who don't believe in, you know, pitchers need to have their, or those of you that believe that pitchers need to rest their arms. Um, 23 and 12. He led the league in wins, pitched uh, pitched in 45 games and started 33 of them for 308 and two thirds innings, a 1.66 ERA, a 0.982 whip, um, and 156 strikeouts, according to baseball reference. Um, So, I'm going to, I'm going to give the floor to you here, uh, Kevin. Do you think that Chuck Klein should have won the MVP given the fact that he, uh, that, that he won the triple crown or do you feel like Carl Hubble should have won? So typically I don't like to give the MVP to a pitcher typically. However, if pitcher MVP seasons are to exist, this is what they look like, right? You already listed off a lot of the stats from Carl Hubble and I know Klein had a great year and he won the triple crown. But Hubble was incredible. If you take into consideration all the stats, the stats that you mentioned and his team success, I got to go Hubble. Uh, Hubble actually, uh, he also had 10 shutouts. I don't think you mentioned that as well, like to complete game shutouts, five saves, because uh, back then guys would pitch. Uh, they'd start a game and then two days later, you know, instead of getting side work, they would come in and pitch out of the bullpen. <laughs> And so that's what Hubble did. And he actually, his biggest save of the year was the pennant clinching save for his team. He came in, shut the door, uh, won them the pennant. And then in the World Series, he pitched two complete game shutouts, uh, or excuse me, two complete games. One of them was a shutout. And uh, I I just got to go Hubble. I mean, Klein, again, very good. But not all Triple Crown seasons are created equally. Uh, He only hit 28 home runs, uh, which is 20 off the pace from the other league. If you were to look at the American League and look at, uh, I believe it was Jimmy Fox who led in the American League. He's 20 home runs behind Fox. And it's one of, one of those things. Klein had a great year. Hubble had a better one, in my opinion. So how, how much – so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this wrench at you. And you talked a little bit about it, the team's success. How much, did the team, how much do you think the team's success, in this era anyway, helped in terms – helped Hubble in terms of winning the trip – or winning the MVP? Because when you look at it, the New York Giants were first in the NL. Right. They they were out and above everybody else. Meanwhile, when you look at the 1933 Philadelphia Phillies, they were 60 and 92 and finished seventh. Yeah. Right. So the, the Phillies of that era were pretty bad. Yeah. The Phillies of that era was was pretty bad. So do you feel like if Chuck Klein won uh, won the Triple Crown and was on, let's say, the Philadelphia Athletics or the New York Giants of that time, somebody who was finishing in the top one or two, you know, maybe, you know, vying for that world series position. Do you think Chuck Klein would have won the MVP? He might have, uh, it's still important today, but especially in that era team success seemed to be very important, uh, in award voting. I mean, there were a lot of middle infielders who were just good players, not great players who won MVPs during that, uh, that time period, because they were, seen as the the captain or the the best player on their team and their team was good you know you look at some of the the Yankee middle infielders of the era and and those guys they were winning MVPs because their team was really good so it's got to have helped Hubble even though I think Hubble should have been the MVP it no doubt gave him a leg up on Klein in 1933. All right so you know it's it's difficult because I've always been on the 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 fence when it comes to giving MVPs you know, and, and judging it based off of team performance, because really 
that's not fair to the individual player. Although when you're talking about value, I think that's where the gray area is because if you're a valuable player, you're helping your team win. So if your team sucks, then obviously you're not doing a great job at providing value. But at the same time, if you're the only valuable player on a team full of Joe Schmoes that aren't doing anything, then it's really tough to win because as we've talked about many times in the group, baseball is a nine player game. You go out there, you have nine players on the field. One player does not change the construction of a team. You can, I mean, look at the Angels, the modern <laughs> Angels. You have Trout and Otani, and they still suck. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to, what else to say about them. As an Angels fan, it's really hard, but you know, it's true. Like they're not that great. So, um, it's really difficult. I think I would have given more consideration to giving it to Klein here, um, especially since uh, it looks like. I mean, Carl Hubble blew it out of the water, according to baseball reference. Carl Hubble had 77 uh, vote points when it came to the MVP voting, and Chuck Klein was second with 48. So it wasn't even close. Carl Hubble really blew him out of the water. But, you know, I really feel like he it should have been closer, I feel like. I mean, it's really tough to pull this off. But at the same time, Triple Crown, we didn't they didn't know at the time that Triple Crown was – going to be that difficult to pull off. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it would because before then it was only, I think what two or three triple crowns before then. Yeah. I, I think you're probably right there, but we also have to, to think of, of the fact that Carl Hubble played in New York, yeah. which I know, I know Philadelphia is Philadelphia, but it's not New York. Carl Hubble played in New York. He, he gave up six home runs total that year and they were all to the short right field in the polo grounds. And I'm sure that the, the New York media of the time knew that. And I'm sure it played a, a role into it. They're saying as good as he was, his numbers would have been even better. And I mean, if you just look at advanced stats, which are a little harder to, to really accurately get from that day, uh, the war numbers have Hubble ahead by like three wins over Klein. I think Klein was a 7.9 war that year, uh, while Hubble was over 10. So, I mean, e- even, even those numbers would suggest that, that Hubble was the, the rightful MVP yeah. to me. Right. It, it, and I, you know, I was going to talk about war and it was really interesting because the farther away you get from modern times, the, tougher it is to rely on war because Carl Hubble, according to baseball reference war has a nine war. Whereas Carl Hubble, according to um, uh, fan graphs war is 6.8. You don't see that difference anymore in modern times. And um, actually Carl Hubble is second in uh, fan graphs war to Dizzy Dean. Dizzy Dean has a 6.9 fan graphs war, but he has a 5.7 baseball reference war. So it's, it's, it varies. It's really weird. So, you know, a, a lot of this show uh, is a lot of advanced analytics and you really couldn't base it on that here because they were so skewed. It was hard to judge. So I'm glad you brought that up as well. Um, let's go to the next year, 1934. You want to talk about getting robbed 1934 Lou Gehrig of the New York Yankees hit a triple crown. 10.1 war on the year. He, play, he played a league-leading 154 games, led the league with 49 homers, 166 RBIs, and a 363 batting average, a 465 OBP, a 706 slugging, and a 1.172 OPS, and got fifth in, in, the, um, in the AL MVP voting. He lost to fourth place, some dude named Schoolboy Row, okay, <laughs> who had a 3.45 ERA, 
and won and went 24 and 8 for the Detroit Tigers. He lost to his teammate and third lefty Gomez, who had a 2-3-3 ERA, a league leading 26 wins. So at least there was something there, and he led the league in strikeouts. He lost to two Detroit Tigers, Charlie Derringer, who led the league in runs, hits, and games played. And Mickey Cochran, who ended up winning the whole thing with a batting average of 320, an OBP of 428, and a slugging of 412. And two home runs. And two total home runs. (laughs) How in the hell did Lou Gehrig get fifth? I don't understand this. Is there any sort of, can you give me any sort of explanation as to why Lou Gehrig would get fifth amongst this group of people? This makes no sense to me. Yeah, there's no reason for fifth, period. I think the only things that make sense in this discussion is that there was a rule. It was a very short-lived rule, but a rule that originally, once you won an MVP award, you were ineligible to win again. That's why Gehrig and Ruth and a couple others didn't win more MVPs, is that for about a five-year period, you were only allowed to win one, and Gehrig had already won one. But that rule was done away with at this point, which is why he's in the voting at all. But I, I think back then... Uh, the the writers and whoever else voted on this. I'm not really sure how it worked then, but whoever voted on it, I, I think they probably would have been really, really impressed by the fact that Mickey Cochran was also the, the manager of the Tigers. He wasn't just a player. He was a manager as well. But the man hit two home runs, and his OPS was 300 points lower than Lou Gehrig's. It makes no sense. Lou Gehrig got robbed. It was an absolute travesty. This is an absolute, I think this is the biggest travesty in any of our, in any of the research that I did in this. And the only explanation that I think I can have with this is maybe on top of the fact that Mickey Cochran was the manager, the Detroit Tigers, the team he managed and played for was also beat the Yankees in the American league. They, uh, the Detroit, the 1934 Detroit Tigers finished first in the American league with a record of 101 and 53. Whereas the 1934 Yankees was second 94 and 60. So they didn't just beat them. They beat them by a pretty wide margin. So maybe team performance had something to do with this, but I mean, fifth, how disrespectful is that fifth? You gotta be kidding me. I I couldn't believe it when I was like, how do you hit a triple crown season and get fifth? I could see second, but come on. I, I don't get it. I am firmly, I'm staunch in this opinion. Gary got robbed. The only other thing that I can think of is with, cause I didn't think about that rule. Cause, and I didn't know that that rule existed and that rule was since had since been absolved since then, but maybe whoever voted still had this opinion that, Oh, he already won one. Right. So he can't win again. We, we should give it to uh Geringer, Right. Cause I don't, I'm not sure if Geringer won before then we'll have to, I'll have to look, but I, or Cochran, I'm sorry, not Geringer, but Cochran, I'm not sure won before that. Um, he was a two-time MVP. Uh, yeah. He won, he won one he won of those kind of disjointed ones. Yeah. In the twenties. Yeah. So maybe, maybe they're like, Oh, that one didn't count because well, 30, when, you know, the MVPs in 31. So maybe he, um, maybe they said there, they said he didn't, he hasn't won one yet, so he's going to get it uh, either way. Gary got robbed that that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, um, and Cochran wasn't even, he wasn't even the, the best, uh, he wasn't even the best player on his team that year. Garinger was way better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Garinger has better stats. He has, um, um, where, where'd it go? Oh, cause I clicked off of it. There you go. Uh, let's see. Garinger had a, 
had uh what 36 points better in batting average uh, about 25 points better in OB- OBP, a way better slugging, hit more home runs, had more hits, everything. You're right. He was a way better, more valuable player on the team. He even played more games than Mickey Cochran did. He had double the war Mickey Cochran did. So I I don't get it. I don't understand. That makes me mad. Um, I don't know. I, I guess this is, this is the baseball dude in me. Like I get mad looking at spreadsheets and going and being mad at somebody not winning an award in 1934. Same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Same. um so uh let's let's move on and we, we'll talk about getting robbed again this time we're going to talk about another baseball legend in ted williams ted williams not only hit the triple crown in 1942 he hit the triple crown in 1947 um 1942 he had he led uh the the league with a 356 batting average of 499 obp and a 648 slugging in 1947, he had a 343 batting average, a 499 batting average, and a 634 batted for batting average. Why, oh, mind you, 1940s, 1942, after the 1942 season, he left for military service, came back after his military service in 1947. So technically, I would say he had back-to-back triple crowns. Not only did he hit back-to-back triple crowns, he finished second in both years. What say you about Ted Williams? Does Ted Williams should Ted Williams win in 1942 and 1947, or does he rightfully lose to Joe Gordon of the Yankees in 42, and then DiMaggio of the Yankees in uh, 47? Uh, Ted Williams got robbed both times, and I'll tell you exactly why. The reason is the same for both: New York Yankees versus Boston Red Sox. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. I mean, Ted Williams is the far superior player. I know Joe DiMaggio is a great player. Um, he, I mean, but it, it was like DiMaggio's seventh best season. Honestly, it seemed like they were just trying to give DiMaggio a lifetime achievement MVP, but they did it. They did it despite the fact that Ted Williams had one of the best offensive seasons of all time. Yeah. I mean, if you look at his war numbers, which again, old timey war is difficult to, to fully calculate accurately. But despite being an average defender, Ted Williams was routinely, and in these years, 42 and 47, was putting up wars of nine and 10, despite being just an average defender. That's incredible. Joe Gordon was a light-hitting middle infielder. Joe DiMaggio had like his seventh best year. There's no reason those two men beat out Ted Williams when he had an 1,100 OPS both those years. It, It doesn't make any sense at all. I, I, I would tend to agree with you, but I'm going to say, here's another reason why I think, um, you know, yes, it is. I think Yankees and Red Sox is a, is a good point, but the other thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to say it again. And I think, I think only now in the modern times, are we starting to get out of this thinking, but it's team performance again in both years, 1942 and 1947, the Yankees finished first in the, in, in the American league and won the world series in 1947. So again, they probably looked at, well, yeah, Ted Williams hit the triple crown, but you know, Joel Gordon had a good season on a winning, uh, on a better team, you know, according to record and Joe DiMaggio had a good season already being a legend on a winning on a world series winning team. So they get the MVP, which to me is not fair, but uh, that's, uh, I have a feeling that had that played into it a little bit too. Um, Yankees just ruin everything. 
<laughs> I think I think though there's a difference between this one and Chuck Klein losing when his team stunk. Chuck Klein was very good. Don't get me wrong, very good in 1933, but he was not on the same level that Ted Williams was in 42 and 47. Oh, exactly. it's a it's a it's completely different level. It's one of those things where if an NBA player and we saw it. Uh, I think it's 2016 with Russell Westbrook's triple-double year, 2015. I don't remember. But it, that team wasn't that good. But his year was so outstanding, he won the MVP anyway. Yeah. You know, it's one of those where, like, if somebody is just head and shoulders above everyone else, which Ted Williams was, they should they should win the MVP regardless. They just should. Yeah. I, I, I looked at it, it. To me, it's amazing enough to win two triple crowns. But to get robbed in MVP twice, like, I just, I can't believe it. Ted Williams is a two-time MVP, and in my opinion, he should have four. Because at least, he got, he, at least. At least. He got robbed in 42 and 47 both. And the, I think the fact that he lost to two Yankees probably stings a little more. Uh, <laughs> I Probably so. It's just, it's amazing. The other thing I'm looking at it right now, the other thing that's amazing to me, 1947 Boston Red Sox, their record is 83, 71, and three. They had three ties in one year. Uh, it's very odd to see a tie in baseball. It for, see one tie in baseball, let alone three in one season. That's, I, that kind of threw me for a loop. Um, well, not all the stadiums had lights. That's true. That's also So if true. it got too dark, they might just call it. Yeah. Um, so we go from Joe DiMaggio getting ro- or not Joe DiMaggio. We're going from Ted Williams getting robbed in 1947. And we've talked a lot about players that should have won or play, you know, a lot of players that lost that should have won, or, you know, we're looking at if players should have won when they lost. We're going to talk about one that won. Now we're going to talk about a triple crown winner that won. And it is our most recent triple crown recipient, Miguel Cabrera in 2012. Miggy in 2012 won uh, won the Triple Crown by leading the league with 44 homers and hitting a 330 batting average and hitting for 139 RBIs. He also led the league in slugging percentage and OPS at uh, slugging percentage 606 and an OPS of 999. In second place was a young was a young up and coming star. He had. He led the league in war with 10.5 while only playing in 139 games. He led the league in runs in 129 with 129, and he led the league in stolen bases with 49 stolen bases. Not to mention, he also hit for a 326 batting average, a 399 OBP, better than Cabrera, 564 slugging, and a 963 OPS. And that Man, that young man is Mike Trout in his second, third year in the bigs, right? Maybe even, uh, I don't think it was his, his second. Year. It was his second year in the bigs, only playing 139, 139 games. I am an Angels fan. So I'm going to tell you that entire year, that entire year, I was, uh, you know, that entire time when they debated who's going to be MVP, Miguel Cabrera, Mike Trout, Miguel Cabrera, Mike Trout. I said, it should be Mike Trout. Mike Trout is more valuable than Miguel Cabrera in his triple crown season. And I think war in this case is a little more reliable because it's more modern. Mike Trout in 2012 had a war of 10.5 in 139 games. Miguel Cabrera 
in 161 games, almost 30 games more, hit 7.1. Had a 7.1 war. In my mind, Mike Trout is the MVP of the 2012 season, not Miguel Cabrera. Now, I'm an Angel fan, so I'm going to leave it up to the to the to the uh, probably the more um, what do you want to call it the more objective um, Braves fan here. What do you think? Should Miguel Cabrera have won the MVP in 2012? The short answer is no. The long answer uh, requires a lot more look at. Uh, look at the 2012 season and as much as Miguel Cabrera had an incredible season and that war number is skewed a little bit because he was a fat guy playing third base that yeah. season That's a lot right. of people don't remember he he went back to third base when Prince Fielder came over to Detroit and he played third base the majority of the time that season so his war number was skewed down a little bit due to some poor defense at third base however Mike Trout who started the year in triple a by the way I don't know if you remember that I do uh, he he, he didn't get called up until like the first week of May, I think. Um, and Mike Trout was the best player in baseball the whole season. And if it weren't for the fact that he had an 0 for 20 stretch in September at one point, we're not even having this discussion because if he doesn't go 0 for 20, his 326 average would have been higher than Miguel Cabrera's 330 because, you know, you go 0 for 20 and that's going to pull the average down. And on base percentage, which people who know baseball know is – a better overall stat to look at than just batting average. Okay. His on-base percentage is higher than Miguel Cabrera's. So if the triple crown was based on better stats, Miguel Cabrera doesn't win the triple crown. And Mike Trout did not win the gold glove, which was a travesty that year. It's his best defensive year by far, but the AP votes for defensive player of the year, like all positions over the whole league. And Mike Trout won that award. Because he played an incredible center field. He played a little bit of left field too, but he was incredible in the outfield that year. Some of those crazy catches you see of young Mike Trout jumping over the wall and making – those were from the 2012 season. Mike Trout was incredible the entire season. And the Triple Crown wasn't even on people's radar for Miguel Cabrera that year because Mike Trout was hitting 350 the entire season. Mm-hmm. And then he had a bad stretch in September. And – Honestly, Miggy kind of backed into a triple crown. He had a great year. I'm not taking anything away from Miggy. But Mike Trout was was a better and more valuable overall player than Miguel Cabrera that year. I I would I would agree. Um, I and you know, a lot for a long time I thought maybe it's because I was so excited to have Mike Trout up there. And the fact that he did so well and made so many incredible plays and had so many hits and just came on like a bat out of hell. I, I, you know, and I'm an Angel fan. I and I have said from the get-go, Mike Trout is the MVP of 2012. He should be a four-time MVP. And I, you know, maybe even more. I think there was another year there. I think maybe the year prior or the year after. There was one of those years where he also lost. And I'm like, no, he should have won. Like, so I think he should be even a five-time MVP. Um, but... I digress because I'm also an Angel fan. Um, but I think it's just, it's I think that's how good Mike Trout was in 2012. Was he's better than a player who hit for the Triple Crown. And, you know, and a future Hall of Famer probably in Miguel Cabrera. You know, it, it was this 21, 22-year-old kid stumbling out of the, you know, into the MLB coming up from AAA and played 30 games less and outplayed him. And uh, what I think that's how good. And for me, that's when Mike Trout came on the map. That's when Mike Trout became Mike Trout. 
was 2012. Um, and since then, the back has, you know, played some played some problems on him. But, I mean, you're looking at it this year. He's still good. He's still good this year, right? He only played – he missed, what, 40 games? I think he missed 40 games. Still hit 40 homers. I looked at it the other day. If he played the same amount as Judge, the same number of games as Aaron Judge, he'd have hit 52 homers. He was on track anyway to hit 52 homers. So, I mean, he hasn't shown any way of slowing down. And I think the beginning of Mike Trout, the way we know Mike Trout is 2012, and he got robbed. Mike. Yeah, and, and, and he hit leadoff most that year too. So, yeah. so who knows what his RBI total would have been if he hit second, third, or fourth in the lineup. You know, I mean, that, that Angels team had some, some good players on it. You know, he might have driven in a bunch of runs and beaten Cabrera that way if he would have been uh, deeper into the lineup. Yeah. So the uh, 2012, the 2000, 2012 Angels consisted of a 32-year-old Albert Pujols who had a pretty good season that year. 285 batting average, 343 OVP, hit 30 homers that year. I mean, I can't complain about that season from Albert Pujols. He was still dropping bombs. Um, uh, Howie Kendrick at second base. I always loved Howie Kendrick as an angel. Eric Ibar was a good hitting shortstop. He was a good average hitting shortstop. Had a little bit of power there at the end. Uh, you had Torrey Hunter. Torrey Hunter was a good hitter in his own right, in right field. You had Kendris Morales. Um, you had Mark Trumbo hitting in, uh, hitting at, um, hitting in the DH. And that was when Mark Trumbo was a dangerous hitter. He hit 32 homers. Like this was a pretty good angel team, even though they finished third in the standings. Um, once again, I think it was probably pitching um, that screwed them over, but. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's pitching that screwed him over. He had CJ Wilson with a 383 ERA that year. Um, and that's his had, best year as an angel. Yeah. And then you had Irvin Santana got blown up for a 516 ERA. Dan Heron, right at the end of his career, a 433 ERA. Like they just didn't work out. And then you had Zach Granke with a 353 ERA, just didn't work out for the Angels that year. Um, you know, it, it was pitching again that killed him. I, I feel like, again, it was that this was probably still a the Tigers are in first, the Angels are in third, and Mike Trout is a real young player, and he played almost 30 games less than Miguel Cabrera. Well, and let's not forget, at that point, the Triple Crown hadn't happened since Carl Yastrzemski in the 60s. Yeah. That's it was awesome. a really, really big deal when it happened because it's like, oh, man, this hasn't happened in, at that point, 50 years. Yeah. So I think there was a little bit of extra magic on the triple crown just being so rare that that probably boosted uh, Miguel Cabrera in the MVP voting as well. That's very that that's a good point as well. Um, I think that's the longest stretch that we've seen um, without a triple crown um, since. Yeah. Since Carl Yastrzemski in his 68 season. Uh, so let's go this year. We had two triple crown watches this year, Paul Goldschmidt and Aaron Judge. Neither one of them got it. Heated debate. So we're going to do a lightning round heated debate here. I'm just going to ask you, and I want your honest opinion. The heated debate, Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, who wins AL MVP? In your mind, who's the AL MVP? I think it's Judge. I think it's close. I think maybe if Otani had not won last year, Maybe they would give it to him, um, but it's tough to quantify Otani. It is. He, yep. he is quite literally one of a kind. 
And because of that, it all depends on how you measure value. And so I think it'll be judged this year. Um, but Otani, he's, he's, he's just a special case. He's one of one. It's yeah. different. Yeah, I agree. It's very tough. And as an angel fan, I'd love to see an angel win MVP every year. I'd love it. If it was Mike Trout, Shohei Otani every year, I'd love it. Um, but I have yet to see a valid reason as to why Shohei Otani had a better season than Aaron judge. The, the biggest reason that I see is that Shohei Otani also pitches, which to me is not fair. You're telling me that just because he pitches, he deserves the MVP. And while I, it's a fa- he's having a fantastic season, top 10 in a number of hitting and pitching categories, Aaron judge it, it had an offensive season that we haven't seen in a long time. It's been a long time. And I'm not just talking about homers. He hit for batting average too. He hit for RBIs. He personally carried that Yankees team through that awful August that they had, just when everybody else was collapsing around them, Aaron Judge is still dropping bombs. Aaron Judge picked up the Yankees and put them solely on his back and carried them through August and helped them win the the, uh, uh, division, the AL East. Shohei Altani, now I know this is starting to sound probably a little hypocritical because I've said the entire episode that team performance is not fair. But at the same time, Shohei Otani plays both sides of the ball and has one of, the, one of, if not the best hitter on the planet. You could probably say Aaron Judges this year, but he has Mike Trout also, right? Yeah, Mike Trout missed 40 games. But Shohei Otani, in my mind, with those two, the Angels should have performed better. Now, at the same time, in my mind, the way that he plays and the way that the Angels are built, Otani is almost a detriment to the Angels because they don't have the pitching staff to have Otani as, as a pitcher. Otani cannot be your ace because then he has to only pitch. He can't have double the workload and be an ace pitcher. He has to have double the workload and have other people that support him so that he doesn't have to be the guy. And the Angels don't have a six-man rotation. They don't have enough pitchers to have a six-man rotation. It's fantastic. And I did not, I'm going to be the first one to say, I did not think that Otani would have a season like this. I thought he was going to regress. And because this is his second year now of double the workload and performing at a high level. It's fantastic to see, but I just, I can't get over the fact that judge had one of the best offensive seasons that I've seen in a really long time. And I think that the game is seen in a really long time. So I think that judge is the MVP. Yeah. And to put it into perspective, you know, again, this is advanced stats. So it gets a little bit murky at times, but if you compare the OPS plus numbers, which is an advanced stat um, where uh, 100 is average. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you compare the OPS plus numbers of all these triple crown winners that we've talked about, um, Aaron judges OPS plus number is better than all of them, except for one of the Ted Williams years that we mentioned. Yeah. It's over 200. 
Yes. That doesn't happen. No. It doesn't happen. Aaron Judge had a top 15 ever offensive season, and that's including a couple of bond seasons. And depending on how you feel about that, that could make you want to say top 10. Yeah. And Ted Williams had three or four. Lou Gehrig had two or three. Babe Ruth had three or four. And then if you take those guys out, you're talking one or two guys ever other than Ruth, Gehrig, Bonds, and Williams. There's only one or two guys who have ever had a season like Judge. Ever. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. Both of them have had incredible seasons. But I think Judge is having an all-time – had an all-time regular season, my opinion. Yes. Um, it's, it's one for the ages. Now, some people are saying it's top three – top five. I think you're right. I think it depends on how you feel about steroids. The fact that the, you know, bonds and people like that are in there, they're, they're, they're in there, they're in the record book. So you have to, I feel like you have to put them in there as much as I don't like the fact that there were steroids, you have to put them in there because there is no asterisk there. Right. So, you know, but still, as far as we know, he was clean doing this. And I mean, in a time where baseball tests more than ever, never got popped. So in my mind, he's clean unless otherwise. And he's had one of the greatest seasons in, in baseball history offensively. Um, the other thing that I will say is I think judge will win because there's been more media coverage for judge. That's all anybody has ever talked about these last two months is Aaron judge. There has not, and the ML, the, 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 the majors have been kissing Otani's butt for the last year and a half. But all of a sudden, the season that that Judge is having, the media went and go went and talked and talked about Judge and left Otani alone. The only the only time Otani is being mentioned at this point is in conjunction with Judge. So I that that's another reason for me. I think Judge will win and should be the MVP. Yeah, I mean, Otani almost threw a no hitter the other day, and it barely yeah. got covered. Exactly. Barely got covered mm-hmm. because it was what the day after judge hit 62 somewhere around there. Yeah. I think it was the day after. So the, yeah, the media was talking about judge and rightfully so. And rightfully yeah. so. Exactly. Well, we're going to let you debate amongst yourselves on Facebook and amongst your families at home, who is going to be the MVP. I hope you enjoyed uh, this, uh, this talk, Kevin, because I really enjoyed this. I thought this was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Thanks I, for having I, me on. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Is there uh, anything you want to plug? You want to plug the baseball life group? Is there any sort of project you're working on? Uh, nothing I'm working on right now. We'll plug the baseball life group. It's a great group of uh, people who just love baseball. Uh, the occasional troll gets through every now and then, but that's okay. Yeah. We, lo- we love to talk baseball um, in the group. And, and I'll just, uh, the only other thing I've got to say is go Braves. <laughs> I wish I could say go angels, but they're watching on the couch just like me. Um, all right. So this has been another episode of the Total Basis Podcast. You can catch us on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube. You can catch us on all kinds of stuff. Go ahead and check us out there. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to do this. We're just a bunch of guys that like to talk baseball. So thank you for listening day in and day out. Go check out the Baseball Life Facebook group um, and Tune in on Sunday morning for Sean and Felipe to have the longer total bases uh, podcast show um, every uh, Sunday morning at uh, 10 a.m. Central. Uh, I'd like to thank Kevin again for coming on. And for Kevin, I am your host, Austin Spiro. And until next time, 
Have a good one, everybody.